Wow. Gosh. Is it part two already? Yes. That's it. That's it. No, that's it. <laughs> Welcome this to is, part two. This is part two of our Desert Island Dicks. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That was a genuine one. <laughs> the whole mankind. Desert, Desert Island Dicks. Part two. Roll the the idea that we just misunderstood the concept and just talked about dicks for three hours. <laughs> cool. Um, right, so album then. Is that what we're on to? It does seem that way. Um, okay. So again, I, I haven't fully decided, but let's, let, if we just talk a bit, maybe I'll reach an answer. Okay. Um, obviously, well not obviously, maybe I haven't spoken about it before on this podcast but i think i maintain my favorite artists of all time are arctic monkeys i reckon um my favorite songwriter like individually might still be alex turner or it might be noel gallagher actually because he's written so many more songs and they're still all like a <laughs> like a hit <laughs> for me anyway um i love all the oasis albums i love all the uh, so, solo albums no Gallagher's High Flying Birds um, I don't know if I had to pick one album that's really hard um, why don't you why don't you start with artists so go go okay. do a, a couple more who might make your short list exactly well that's okay who that's might fine. be able to create an album that you would listen to over well, and over again exactly so there's so I've said Alex Turner in all his forms, which is Arctic Monkeys, Last Shadow Puppets, and that one solo album he did, um, which is an EP for the movie Submarine by Richard Iwadi, which maybe should have made my shortlist for best movies, but anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, Noel Gallagher, The Smiths, um, Kasabian. Kasabian have come in clutch in the last like month or so. <laughs> I've just listened to all their albums and gone, oh wow, these are actually all pretty good. Um, Beatles, of course, have have to be mentioned all well. Lennon specifically. Um, I just re-listened to uh, Plasticano Band, uh, his version, and that's I mean, it's just great. Eminem, surprisingly. Um, genuinely some of his albums are some of my favorite albums of all time not all of them there's a lot of misses but there's a there's a lot of hits so um i mean bowie uh life on mars now what's that album called hunky dory um which i re- listened to recently is it <laughs> i'm feeling life that on mars isn't on hunky dory it's on yes, it uh, is. ziggy stardust no, that's um, uh, what you are mistaken. No, I'm not. A hundred percent. It's what's it called? Life the on Mars is on Hunky Dory. No, no we, way. No, Life on Mars is on Hunky Dory. Spiders, Ziggy Stardust, and the Spiders from Mars. That has well, it has Ziggy Stardust. It has Moon Age the Daydream. The rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust. And yeah, the spiders check from the Mars. track list, bitch. <laughs> no way. That's incredible. I love that. <laughs> 
Fair okay. Because I also love also well, on that album sitting next to well it's not sitting next to later well, in I can't the album. have that in third place anymore can I <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's on it <laughs> well also on Hunky Dory is Andy Warhol which is just which is what I was going to say <laughs> um, oh uh, Stone Roses the two albums are pretty flawless um, yeah Miles Kane I really really like but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think all his albums are very re-listenable. Sometimes they get a bit cheesy. Um, yeah. No. I think that's it. Well, Red Hot Chili Peppers have like a lot of hits, but they're spread over so many albums that I. I, I don't think there's. Maybe Californication is a pretty solid album, but when you consider like some of their best songs are not on that album, then it would feel wrong to pick that album because it's like well there's I know there's better songs elsewhere um Kaiser Chiefs they actually <laughs> this is a bit maybe this will be really boring but around this time last year when lockdown first started and people were trying to cope with the boredom um there were several like you know Instagram challenges as they were called um but the only one I paid any attention to were where people would post their nine favorite albums like in a grid um, without any comment, just like nine albums that define your music taste, which is really hard, but nine favorite yeah, albums. Yeah, I can't do that. No, I don't that think so. That would be nine completely different <laughs> yeah. genres of music for me, wouldn't it? Um, but the point of the, what I was going to say is I'm, I remember a Kasabian, not Kasabian, sorry, Kaiser Chiefs album made it in my one for me. Um, so there is... There's definitely Kaiser Chiefs. I, lo I love all their stuff. But ultimately, if I'm trying to pick one album, one album, Jamie, that's one album. That's... You're not even going to like get it to a top three. You're just going to go, here's some artists, and the best album is... Well, <sighs> he's not my favourite artist, but the aforementioned Donald Glover, Childish Gambino himself, released an album in 2013 when another one of my favourite albums, AM, was also released. But that, that wasn't Childish Gambino's album. Childish Gambino's album was called Because the Internet. And and it is, again, one of my favourite albums. It was in my top nine. But in terms of variety, from track to track, that has something for every mood... I think that is I think that is it. I think that is the perfect album in that regard. In the sense that I can listen to I can listen to the whole album anytime I want, but if I also I can just pick out songs from it that I know are the right mood for what I want to listen to right now and just listen to them. Um and it's always you know, I, I on average I'd say I listen to one song from it at least once a week, just in my heavy rotation. So I think I'd say that. That is crazy. I did not expect that. I bet you didn't. I but didn't just, expect just in terms that. of okay, maybe just as a solid album, I'd maybe give the edge to Stone Roses or Arctic Monkeys because I love, I, w I do just love listening to a whole album of theirs. But no, I I think all the songs on because of the internet are so wildly different and fun and crazy and sad and uh, like calming and 
I just all of them. I just love all of them. And, and there's not a bad song. Every song is good, obviously. Of course, we're only talking about albums at this point with, you know, solid songs all the way through. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> but like Stone Roses, Stone Roses especially is. I love all the Stone Roses songs, but they're a, they're a consistent mood throughout. Um, and then Arctic Monkeys, you know, Favorite Worst Nightmares and Humbug are both pretty great, but they're also they don't vary that much. All the songs, I'm not I'm not saying that all the songs are the same, but they are similar vibes to be sure, which arguably is what an album should be. But that's not the case for because the internet, because the internet is so weird and fun and different, and I love all of it, and I, and that is my choice. Very interesting. And if I had to do a top five, you know, that there'd be Humbug, Arctic Monkeys, um, St- Stone Roses, eponymous first album, uh, The Queen Is Dead by The Smiths. Actually, that's something I can just. No, no, no. <laughs> the Queen is Dead by the Smiths, yeah. Um, and... Uh, trying to think of it. Oh, For Crying Out Loud by Kasabian. Fantastic album. Oh, and Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, the first album, which I think was just self-titled. Okay. That is my shortlist. But ultimately, I know the winner, and the winner is Mr. Glover. That's incredible. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that, would you? Not at all. <laughs> Wow, I'm not saying it's my favorite album. As as, no, as I've made clear, it is not my favorite album, but I think it is the perfect all rounder. And it's not just the case that it has something for everyone. It, it has something for everyone, and it does it all very well. So that is my choice. Excellent. Well, would you like me? To, would you like to take us through some of your favorite artists? Why not? And how much I mean... does it overlap? What with you? Oh, yeah, probably not rarely. at all. Bowie will be on there. Very rarely. <laughs> Maybe um, Lennon. But the the way that I sort of went about it was, I was just thinking off the top of my head, albums that I have listened to over and over yeah. because the whole thing is about replayability. Well, not necessarily. I don't actually agree. I don't think that the album has to be replayable. I just think it has to be like fantastic but in terms of albums that I was thinking of that I just went over and over and over and over recently and this is probably only on here because it was released recently gets released an album Conflict of Interest and I didn't like at least three maybe four songs on there but the ones that I did like were incredible Sure, and I just sort of listened to it on repeat so that's that makes the short list. And then I was thinking, okay, I used to listen to Wu-Tang Clan all the time. So, of course, enter the Wu-Tang. Sure. Their first album, in brackets, 36 Chambers. It's that's, actually the first time we ever spoke about music together, sitting on the benches outside of the Information Centre. You mentioned that album. And I, I mentioned Enter the Wu-Tang. I'm not surprised, because that was like... There was periods of my life where I was only listening to that album (laughs) (laughs) over and over and over. And also, uh, to supplement it, um, uh, ODB's... um, Oh, I can't... Why can't I remember what it's called? 
is it just return to the 36 chambers yeah re return to the 36 chambers imagine not being able to <laughs> but yeah uh, ODB as well was, was great and I also listened to him a lot at the time I've got back to the lab volume 5 Frisco which is the pink one for those who don't know <laughs> It's just brilliant. There's so many bangers. His flow is incredible. His wordplay is great. Then I was like, uh, when Kiwanuka came out, yeah. the, uh, well, I guess eponymous yeah, album by Michael Kiwanuka. <laughs> yeah. um, when that came out, I basically listened to that on repeat. I thought it was brilliant, and I would happily just sit there for days on end listening to it. I do remember, uh, sorry to interrupt, I remember you added that to my Spotify. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll listen to it. And I never got a chance. And then on um, New Year's Eve, he was on uh, Jules, Holland. Jules Holland. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, really good. good, isn't he? <laughs> and then I have, and you're, you're going to hate me for this, favourite worst nightmare. Yeah, fine. Art Arctic Monkeys. Oh, is um, it the Arctic Monkeys? Yeah, maybe it, something like is that. Is it? Is it the Frozen Chimps? Yeah, is it Arctic Monkeys? And yeah. This is embarrassing for me. <laughs> I wrote favorite worst nightmare on my little notes as FWN, and then I couldn't be yeah. bothered writing Arctic Monkeys, so I just put AM, and then realised, <laughs> oh my god, that's why it's called AM. <laughs> I thought they were talking about the radio. Oh. Terrible, that's, isn't that's, it? That's the okay. Oh my god, the first, the first significance of it, yeah, is their initials. The second significance is morning, right? Because it all sounds like the songs were written at three a.m. when he's trying to, when he's pining for a girl, and then yeah, fine. Third significance is the radio frequency. Is that why there's a wave on the front of it? Yeah, but okay. it says a.m. in the middle of the wave. But anyway, excellent. Then I was like Saint Jude, Cortinas. Just quality, isn't it? It's good, but it's not Arctic Monkeys. No, it isn't. But I but really like to, it. But they want to be, so, yeah, but fine. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. We're not critiquing and each other's stuff from Manchester as well, so... Also, I think to. they did make... I think that album did make my top nine a yeah, year ago. I've, I've also... <laughs> I've written this down in the shortlist, but I don't... I've, I've decided now, this is how, like, fickle I'm going to be. Like, this, this list only holds for the time that I'm talking... Yeah. Like this second. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, now. I've got a completely different order. I've got probably got some different albums on here. Uh, I went for the ride, Catfish and the Bottleman, but I've decided that I don't. No, absolutely not. I would oh, okay. not listen to that over and over again sure. on a desert island. So uh, yeah, what a shame. Then it comes to my top nine. Oh my so God. what happened was, is I like wrote this huge list. <laughs> And then I crossed out the ones that I didn't care about, counted how many were left, and were like, well, I guess this is my top nine then. <laughs> and then decided to put them in an order. So coming in at number nine is yeah. A Day at the Races by Queen. Okay, yeah. I knew, I knew you'd have Queen, and I'm sorry I didn't uh, mention it's, them. But... It's all right. Um, I have listened to pretty much every Queen album multiple times. I used to drive to school in the morning with the eponymous first album. Um, I loved that I thought it was fantastic um, A Day at the Races I chose because it has some fantastic songs on it it's the one that I've listened to the most and it has this incredible like um, cyclic nature where 
the intro to the album you're sort of just dropped in it and it makes no sense and you're like what is going on and then it starts uh, and that first song I think is Tie Your Mother Down and the very beginning you're like that just is completely juxtaposed to the rest of the song it sounds like they've just put some noise before the song then the album ends and it starts playing this weird melody which then becomes the pre-bit to the first song so when you're listening to it on CD and the album ends and restarts it's as if it's just continually running which I always thought was a cute little trick (laughs) and a great way for you to accidentally listen to it six times in a row without (laughs) realising so that for me came in at number nine then in at number eight I don't know whether you've even heard this oh, but on. it's 1999 Joey Badass his first no. album no go on it's great okay. he's my favourite contemporary rapper sure because he he has a bit of early to mid 90s in him in his flow um, not what he's talking about his subject is completely different and I feel like if you took the misogyny and the childish point scoring nature of early 90s gangster rap and then you brought it into today's day and age you would have Joey Badass and I feel like it's like it's levelled up right so in terms of um, like prestige obviously people are going to say like Nas um, Biggie Tupac they're like untouchable and I would tend to agree um, but the fact that he's managed to have the very same style in this new age mumble rap caviar bullshit that I absolutely hate and he's managed to be successful and now he doesn't even do music he's more successful doing other things well he does still do music obviously but it's just his flow how he constructs his songs um, his mindset it's reminiscent of the early gangster rap that I got into but it's just I hate to say it better it's just better like if the stuff from the 90s came out today people would think it was crass and annoying and shouty but because it came out when it did with its context it's like iconic and of course it is Um, so that's why I love Joey Badass I think he's fantastic which brings us on to a better album. <laughs> in at number seven, not my favourite contemporary rapper, but the best one, arguably one of the best of all time, Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, I think fine. this is his magnum opus. I think it's his best album. Okay. A lot of people will say that Good Kid, Mad City is better, um, or even Section 80, um, and probably people will go Damn, right? Damn is his, like his... I can do whatever I want now. But I, I prefer, like, uh, To Pimp a Butterfly because it's less about him just being able to flex his muscles, uh, no budget limits, do whatever I want, make it highly produced. It's just, it's a great narrative with some great imagery, exquisitely put together, um, uh, exceptional flow, lyrics, wordplay. The beats on there are great and there's enough variety on it 
for you to be able to listen to it over and over again. And I and it is the the album that I've listened to the most, and it is my favourite Kendrick album. In at number six, this surprised me. I it surprised it didn't surprise me that it made the list. It surprised me it got this far and got placed where it did. But <laughs> Hoodies All Summer by Kano. I wouldn't no, say Kano know. is anywhere near one of my favourite artists. I understand that he's one of the greats in grime. He's one of the originals. He was in the very, very first Lord of the Mics, which just cements him as like one of the founding fathers, right? He was super popular and influential. He had some great songs early on and Made in the Manor is seen to be his best album. But when Hoodies All Summer came out, I listened to it nonstop. I thought it was brilliant. And the subjects that he talks about, the fresh flow that he brings, which isn't seen in grime as often. It's so unique. It's it's just fantastic. And the I wouldn't say it's better than To Pimp a Butterfly or 1999, but I would rather listen to that over and over again on a desert island than I would the others. And this is why I had such trouble with this list, <laughs> right, constructing it, because... You know, you can't you can't really even compare a grime artist to like Nas or Kendrick, let alone Queen or <laughs> Oasis that or anything the like with that. Having, yeah, varied music taste. Um. So wait, where am I? Number six. That was six, I think. So number five is an absolute banger, and I've just realised I've missed one off that I didn't talk about. So I'll leave the top five. I'll bring it back. Whoa. Um, One that made my shortlist is by Oasis. Damn. I just didn't didn't read it off. If you were to guess what it was, what do you think it would be? I I think, like me, you would... uh, You would recognise that What's the Story, Morning Glory is much more popular, but I think where it's at in terms of proper songwriting is definitely maybe but I know a lot of people like Be Here Now but I think it's definitely absolutely maybe. You've, you've nailed it Yeah, I looked at it and I went in terms of star studded power and hits Yeah, what's the story Morning Glory is the most condensed form of any successful it, it is pure banger after banger <laughs> it's, it's amazing yeah. it's arguably even more um, banger dense than the Beatles um, in in my opinion, but oh, Ab- I just... Abbey Road by the Beatles should have made my shortlist. I don't know if I said okay. that. In my, you probably did. Um, I said the Beatles. I haven't got the Beatles focused... on here because I okay. don't want to listen to them over and over again because I've already heard them a, a million times and they're great. But I don't want to sit on a desert island listening to the Beatles. I respect that. Um, Furthermore, uh, just quick one. Well, I meant to say when you were talking about Pimp a Butterfly, um, my long term long time friend who I've known since probably since I was like well pretty since primary school. Um we've got very different music tastes. Uh and as such we like to recommend each other an album every couple of months or so. Uh and he's not into rap, neither of, of us are really, but he did come across to Pimper Butterfly and he did recommend it to me because he said this is just one of the best albums of yeah. all time <laughs> it's incredible it's so brilliantly constructed and if i was doing best albums of all time it wouldn't come seventh i can tell you that yeah but in terms of like me wanting to listen to it on a desert island it, it does fall there 
um, which was surprising to me. It was surprising that I decided that I would rather listen to Hoodies All Summer. <laughs> um, but I just think that's such an incredible, iconic British album. It's like, imagine someone who founded a genre coming back to it 10, 15 years later with the new style completely overshadowing anything anyone was doing at the time and then just disappearing again <laughs> that that's what it felt like it, it was it was brilliant um anyway so as you, you correctly pointed out i decided i'd rather listen to definitely maybe <laughs> and that's fair. it's just it's just it's just, just great better. it's, it's so just good. better the it's british public so are wrong good, again um what, whatever is i think i've said this before i think my favorite oasis song of all time I know it's technically not on that, but on the bonus edition, that is re- remastered and re-included. But yeah, go on. We must have been going for so long, but I'm going to blitz That's through fine. my top Carry five. On. I hope. No, you're not. This is the five most important. You'll you'll spend okay. five minutes on each. Go. Okay, so coming in, <laughs> coming in at number five is "Landlord" by Gigs. Okay. It's an iconic staple of sort of the second wave of grime. Uh, I think it came out in twenty. 15 so basically there was a little there was a period of a couple of years where people said grime's dead because people like wiley weren't doing grime skepta hadn't released an album in a while jamie doesn't do albums um you know it seemed that all the big players were drifting away or not active and there were there was talk that grime was dead now, Giggs, now and back then, stylized himself as a rapper rather than a grime MC. And it's safe to say that he is, but Landlord is just a bad boy album. It okay. is so sick. The the variety... Well, I, I suppose to someone who doesn't really listen to grime or UK rap, <laughs> they're not going to think there's any variety, but the features that he has the beats the subjects the flow the wordplay it's all there it's melodic it's gritty it's excellent and i would listen to it over and over again on a desert island it's my favorite album that gigs has done although it's not the one that i've listened to the most the one i listen to the most is big bad but i think that's I didn't have Spotify when Landlord came out. Right. I had to go and physically buy the album. And back then, I didn't have a car. I couldn't <laughs> listen to it in the car. I didn't have a CD player. I just had a CD. <laughs> I just had the CD. I didn't really listen to it. I got to listen to it rarely. And maybe that's why I maybe that's why I feel like it's so brilliant because it was sort of like a scarce resource. Sure. We sort of take for granted now that we can just open Spotify and play any album we want. Anything. I listened like, to a Leonard Cohen album yesterday. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, but it was just like, God damn, I shouldn't be able to listen to this. This should be in my granddad's vinyl collection. Okay, but yeah, like I, 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 maybe there's that connection with it. But for me, it was around the time that I was really getting into grime when Landlord came out. Um, I'd had like this friend of mine, Nathan, talk to me about it, recommend stuff, and I'd go on YouTube and I'd search the videos. But this was like the first proper grime album that I had, 
and that I listened to and I thought it was great and it isn't even really technically a grime album <laughs> but it's still brilliant coming in at number four I don't think we've we've mentioned this band yet at all which is fine I don't expect this to be a band but, that you would consider what, but, oh, what was, I was, was going to say what is it a band that I should have mentioned I don't think I like? it's one that you would consider but when you hear me say it you'll be like I can see that that's fine you'll, you, you'll say it's fine it's Tame Impala yeah that's fine <laughs> see <laughs> From what I've listened to, I can totally see why. They are they are great. So, yeah. I mean, continue. Well, I decided to go for Innerspeaker. He is great. Sorry, guys. Thank you. That was what I was <laughs> going to come on to as well. Um, I chose Inner Speaker simply because when I counted the songs on it that I adore, and I was going through all of his albums, I basically decided that Inner Speaker had the most. And... I feel like any of them are just like you could listen to over and over again, except maybe Currents. I think Currents is a little bit more poppy and mainstream, okay. which is fine. And I'm not saying that it's bad. And I love Currents. I think it's a great album. But if I was to listen to it on a desert island, have we mentioned that that's what we're doing? Oh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I would I would choose either Lonerism or Inner Speaker. And it just so happened that when I was counting songs that I absolutely adore, I decided to go for Inner Speaker. Um, I just think it's it's brilliant. Uh, if ever I need to like vibe, Inner Speaker, Lonerism, um, Currents. What's the actual name of his latest album? The Slow Rush. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I thought I think that it was is. a single. Is it also an album? Um. We'll find out in just a second. <laughs> yeah, it's called The Slow Rush. Um, oh, right, okay. Um, but yeah, Borderline on that is brilliant. Um, but yeah, Inner Speaker was the, the first proper album. Like He had uh, two EPs before that. One really short one and one eponymous EP which a couple of the songs ended up on later albums. Um, so I I regard Inner Speaker as the first proper work, the first proper album. Um, and it's great. And Kevin Parker is the uh, the bloke behind Tame Impala. And what we mean by that is he does everything. Yeah, he is Tame Impala. He just <laughs> hires other people to play the instruments because he can't play them all at once when he's live, but he can play them one by one in the studio. Um, and then I'm pretty sure he does a lot of the production himself um, I don't think he does absolutely everything but it's pretty much his project, his brainchild Tame Impala is Kevin Parker um, which just makes the crafting of it even more incredible Like if, if this was a group of people, a collaborative effort you'd be like, this is really good but the fact that it's one guy it's, it's, ju it's just exceptional which brings me on to number three, Hunky Dory. Hunky Dory. <laughs> which which does I was have thinking my about life it, on Mars, whether you like it or not. <laughs> which is even better, right? Yeah. I'm glad it does. <laughs> because I when I thought Hunky Dory, I immediately, I was thinking, oh, you pretty things. I was thinking yeah. Andy Warhol. I was thinking Queen Bitch. And I was like, yes, 100% yes. And of course, changes, right? Yeah. Um, 
cheapened a little bit by Shrek, but we'll allow it. Um, <laughs> as, as many things are. I love David Bowie. I used to listen to David Bowie all the time. The album that I've listened to the most is probably uh, Young Americans, um, followed by The Man Who Sold the World, and then Hunky Dory. Right. But I just feel like Hunky Dory is the best thing that he ever did. Okay. Um, and there was a time when I defended Young Americans as the best thing he ever did, but I just I just can't... That doesn't hold up. That was uh, an infant's dream. <laughs> you know, thinking that I knew better than all the people that had listened to all of his stuff already before me in their context that they listened to it. But I just think Hunky Dory is one of the best things he's ever done. I think he's one of the most talented people of the previous century and he carried that into this one as well um, incredible album incredible person um, I've listened to it several times and it has to make it sure. top three um, comes in at third and, and that, that with favourite worst nightmare is the uh, I believe the two overlaps so far well definitely okay. maybe no definitely maybe it was definitely definitely a, maybe favourite worst nightmare David Bowie. Bowie that's a good and that's a good line there will be a fourth <laughs> there will be a fourth that overlaps but not with your best list of all time but well when? not to spoil anything but I, sh I sh did mean to mention Grime MC and I'm sure you why would you it. say it's name <laughs> well when I say but, what's in number two, everyone knows what's going to happen. But I now. figured you would have me mentioned it already, and we could gush over it together because it is absolutely great. But anyway, it is fantastic. Is that no are you doing number one? I'm doing number on? two now. Is it Grime MC? It's Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> wow, it's my, it's my favorite Led Zeppelin album. I didn't I see a I Led Zeppelin album coming, but I'm glad it. You has. didn't? No. I used to listen to Led Zeppelin. You all the time when I was a kid my dad has all their albums on vinyl and CD which I never understood um, you only need one of them to listen to it anyway Physical Graffiti is my favourite it's one of their longest it's an hour long which plenty of content and it has some of my favourite songs on there and this one is more sentimental because I used to listen to it when I was a kid and I think everyone says, like, Led Zepp 2, Led Zepp 4 are, like, their best ones. And I love Led Zepp 2. That's my second favourite. Um, but Physical Graffiti, for me, if it was, like... If someone said to me, you can only listen to one Led Zepp album, immediately it would be Physical Graffiti. And when I was doing this list, I, I'm, I thought that Hunky Dory would end up above it, but it just didn't. And okay. it slowly floated to number two. Um... I absolutely adore it. The sentimental value is beautifully crafted. Um, it's a band which at one point was the most popular band in the world. Um, I don't really know what, what more to say. If you haven't listened to it, you should. You will recognise some songs on there. Um, but it's just fantastic. Um, Houses of the Holy is one of my favourites on there. And I think Wonton Song is on it. And that has one of the best, like, um, what, what would you call it? A, one of the best showcases of what a drummer can do. Okay. Um, Bonham is probably the greatest drummer to ever have lived. 
and he does a fantastic job on Wonton Song. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, like th the thing about Led Zeppelin is some songs you're hypnotised by the guitar, other times you're locked into the, the drums, and then other times it's the words being spoken, and other times it's just the vocal itself. Um, they're so versatile. Just amazing. I don't know. It's I'm speechless. I can't really <laughs> express how good I think physical graffiti is and how good Led Zeppelin are. And they've sort of fallen out of my rotation in, in recent months. I wouldn't say years, because I definitely like whack an album out at least once a year. But in terms of like my regular rotation, it is more towards grime and some of the stuff that that you listen to. I don't know what would, what would that be. Would that be? Does that count as indie? Everything I listen to instantly becomes indie. Okay. For well, I am the indie go. central. So that they they're like the two main that I sort of go for. But uh, in terms of classic stuff, Queen, Bowie, Led Zeppelin were like the core of the the playlists that I had when I was a kid. Coming in at number one, I didn't is, know whether course. this would be my number one, to be fair. <laughs> I didn't come in here and write it down at the top, put a number one in circle, and then talk about the others and think about it. I actually didn't realise that it would be number one. I thought it would have a good shot. It was guaranteed top three. Um, but I didn't know whether it would take the number one spot, and it has. And the reason is, is because every single time I listen to it, it's better than the last time I listened to it. And it is the only album that I can say that for. Right. I feel like with some albums, you know, they're shit when you listen to them the first time, they're shit the second time, and they're shit the third time. There's some which get better and hit a plateau. There's some which are shit and then incredible and then back to shit and you're like, actually, it, it was terrible. Crime MC seems to be a steady, linear <laughs> Straight increasing line, quality <laughs> increasing in quality for every time I listen to it it's not exponential okay it starts off exponential and then sort of levels out into a linear for those who don't do maths and think I'm weird <laughs> you're absolutely right I don't know why However, I'm talking that about that is the exact correct way to describe it so but if it's you're not like down with that that's the first funny. few times you listen to it you go from an acquired taste I'm not too sure it was pretty good the second time you're like this is incredible then it's this is the best grime album I've ever heard and then it just keeps <laughs> getting better every time right so it's like a fast acceleration of how good it gets and then it's steady and it's every single time that I listen to it I'm not exaggerating if I went and listened to it now it would be better than the time that I last listened to it and I know this for a fact it was the out it was in my car right it was the story behind Grime MC is it came out as a physical release only in 2019 in November and I bought I bought the CD the first day I put it in my car and I listened to it um, I don't have a CD player so I just specifically drove around York listening <laughs> to it and was like this isn't the best way to do it I'm not absorbing it um, I think it's good I liked it I thought some of the songs were great um and so I took it out and I was like, Gina, can I borrow your CD player? She was like, yeah, sure. When I'm out, just, you know, jump in my room, use my CD player. And I listened to it and I was like, this is incredible. 
put it back in my car, listened to it again. I was like, this is the best grime <laughs> album I've ever heard. And this is the thing, right? I've owned several physical albums and I sort of rotate them. I'll have about six in the car at a time. Every month or so, I'll take a couple out, put another few in and I'll have them on rotation. And sometimes it'll take me like a couple of weeks to change them, sometimes only a couple of days. And I was in this habit of sort of rotating my CDs, listening to the albums that I've got. I had about sort of 30 that I would rotate or whatever. And I put in Grime MC in November of 2019. I have not taken it out. And what day is it? It is the yeah, 24th nearly, of March, 2021. April. Yeah. So if it gets to November, that's two what, years. two years that I've had it as the only album that I listen to in my car. And every single time I listen to it, it gets better. So it has to be, it's the <laughs> only album that you can take to a desert island because it's the only one that gets better every single time you listen to it. And that's why that's why I ended up in the number one spot. Well, well, absolutely. I mean, you are you are the person to testify about how good it gets, about it being the best grime album of all time, and, and how it gets better each time. But I, of course, am a person to say it is just a very good album because I was not into grime uh, at all. Uh, I mean, I listen. <laughs> I listened to gigs when I was younger, but you maintain that he is not, in fact, grime. So I guess, <laughs> I guess, I've never listened to grime. Um, but yeah, it's a couple of Dizzy Rascal tunes. I like Dizzy Rascal. No, um, he left the grime scene quick. Got rich, <laughs> went poppy, dropped out, turned up on Bake Off. <laughs> he was good on Bake Off. I've, I've just big nasty going on Bake Off I did tell you that because I thought it would make you cross (laughs) big nasty going on Bake Off makes sense that's what he does he's not really a grime MC he's a personality he used to do Uncle Payne like he was just this he was a funny bloke on YouTube giving advice to people with this horrendously funny laugh and that's what he was he was a personality so when he gets his own TV show it makes sense when he goes on Bake Off it makes sense now, of course, who am I to tell Dizzy Rascal what to do? Mercury Prize winner, Dizzy Rascal. I actually and don't know this if is he the is. point, right? He I is. Think he might be, yeah. He is for Boy in the Corner, which is a seminal, foundational grime album. That's what he did as his, uh, as his showstopper. He recreated it in biscuit form, the album cover for Boy in the Corner. So, what? He was just a big yellow biscuit? With a little boy in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, he sort of was in Grime, blew up, left everyone to it, fell out with Wiley, and then comes back, drops some great albums, don't get me wrong, about, what, ten years later, and then goes on TV, and it just, it doesn't make sense to me. And that's fine, it doesn't have to, right? He can do whatever he wants. He's richer than I will ever be. He's seen more money in the first 25 years of his life than I'll see in my entire life. And of course, that doesn't necessarily equate to being successful, the money that you have or you know how influential you are but he doesn't care why should he care and i get that and that's yeah. fine but it doesn't make sense to me like a, a grime you'll never see frisco on bake-off okay you'll never see frisco on bake-off 
you wouldn't see Jammer doing Question Time, <laughs> or you wouldn't see Skepta hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Sure, it just doesn't make sense. Um, it, it it doesn't really fit what I would expect from someone to do grime. But at the same time, they don't owe me anything. Dizzy Rascal doesn't need to do anything at all for me. Yeah. All, everything he does is for himself, for his people. Secure the bag, 100%. I'm fine with that. But I don't know. It's something that doesn't make sense to me. Fair enough. Well, I did see him. Um, he was on a uh, pandemic episode of Jules Holland. Again, speaking of Jules Holland. Yeah, and... well, he went on Jules Holland back in that's probably 2004, uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah, that, that's Because probably... that was when Boy in the Corner came out. And he was also on there, a f- I don't know, like 2000. He's been on a few times. Yeah. But it's well, like. I just thought it was really interesting weird. when I most recently saw him on that. Um, yeah. And he was just talking about making music, how he wanted to work with. Because he's already. He, wanted, he was making the case that. Um, he only wants to work with other... I don't know if he said this or if I interpreted it like this, but like he only wants to work with other Mercury Prize winning um, artists because he's already worked with Alex Turner um, and then he wants to also do something with Noel Gallagher. <laughs> I was but like, yeah. you see, how weird is that? Why? <laughs> what do, what's a Mercury Prize done for you? Well, no, it was I, just uh... It was just saying, oh, this this guy from Grime made a great album. We'll give it to him. When was the next Grime Mercury Prize? It was 12 years later. Are they the only two? Yes. Was it Skepta's best album? No. Yeah, well, yeah, Grime MC should have got it. But no, it does. It doesn't. That, I know, that I know that's not mad. Skepta. Um, it's but... quite funny, actually, that you say that, because I don't think Kanichiwa should have got Mercury Prize. I feel like Integrity <laughs> should have. Okay, yeah. And... I'm happy for Graham MC to get a Mercury Prize. Yeah. Best album of the year. Best but ultimately, album of the it doesn't decade. matter, right? Best what... Grime album of all time. <laughs> Jamie's favourite album that he will take to a desert island. Well, is that what, but is that what you're saying? It is your favourite album then? It's, In addition to being this what is, you This would is take. the weird part, right? So for everything else, it hasn't always been my favourite or the best crafted or whatever. But this one, it just so happens to be the best Grime album, my favourite album, and the most suitable for this environment. Wow. Well, that's a good overlap then. Good job. Um, I didn't expect this to take this long, to be fair. Well, no, but since we are, I'm, I'm going to extend the runtime now because I mentioned a bunch of artists, but you actually went in depth about a bunch of albums that you love, which I'm not going to do, but I'm just going to name a few, um, which I'm now going to... Yeah, Hunky Dory, as you said. I mean, we, we love it. Uh, Doggy Star by Snoop Dogg. Oh, um, I really, really so like. misogynistic. Well, yeah, but what, what it's can you trapped do? in the past, but it is it's iconic. It's somewhat <clears> iconic. <throat> um, I Eminem is a tricky subject. I grew up with the first Eminem album I bought was the Marshall Mothers LP two. That's that crazy because that was the first one that I that was the first one that I heard. Sure, but the best and my favorite is his first album, Stim Shady I, LP. I understand that. Um, but I absolutely love Encore, which was meant yeah, to be his fair. last album because <laughs> he was like, <laughs> I'm done now. And then he went on to, I mean, he's still making albums now, but um, I think Encore is my favourite Eminem album and honestly probably is one of my top, uh, top albums of all time. Um, Blur, I really like Blur, but I can't listen to a whole album. 
So I don't maybe, like Blur at all. That's fine. But, the but best that's because I'm Blur. from Manchester. So, of course, I'm not allowed <laughs> to like Blur at all. That's fine. Um, International Velvet by Catatonia. Very good. Bit in, bit more indie, but um, not not ridiculously indie because like my mum likes it but oh no <laughs> but it is good Urban Hymns by The Verve very good um yeah Room on Fire by The Strokes definitely uh, The Strokes yeah, oh, I haven't even uh, thought about that well they're not again I wouldn't I'm say sorry. they're one of the greatest bands ever or no. you know it's the greatest album ever but I, they are on my rotation I think they're brilliant a little um, bit like Catfish, right? Catfish are great, but I don't sure. think I'd put any of their albums up for... Yeah. <laughs> they Actually, they, I think they might have won a Mercury Prize. <laughs> uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Should we have a look at Mercury Prize wins? Yeah, you go ahead. And I'll, then I'll, I'll, I'll create I'll a list reading. of people that Dizzy Rascal's allowed to work with. <laughs> I'll keep reading out albums. One of I, which is I Michael Kiwanuka, by the way. <laughs> well, that would be good. I don't think it would. <laughs> <laughs> Walking Like We Do by The Big Moon. Again, very indie, but very good. Um, do you remember Primal Scream? I don't love they have, them. They're they Mercury Prize ones, they? Yeah. Uh, Yours Truly Angry Mob by Kaiser Chiefs, but also uh, Employment uh, mm. are both very, very, very good albums. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, as I mentioned, all the Oasis albums, but again, I'd have to give it to definitely maybe deluxe edition so we can get that uh, whatever and also um, uh, Bonehead's Bank Holiday I think is only on the on the special edition which is really good um, Out of Time R.E.M. didn't even didn't consider R.E.M. but actually that's that's a very good shout Vistas I quite like Everything Changes in the End um, I've Born to Die by Lana Del Rey here, which is wow. If, if you're into it, then that's good for she you. She released a song recently, which I loved the music video for. I thought it right. was brilliant. Chemtrails over the country club, I think. Yes, that is that is the name of the album. Probably also the song. So. I I don't really care about Lana Del Rey, but I just thought the video was was great. It it got sent to me, so I watched it and was like, great video. <laughs> Speaking of which, I need to get you on Pete and Baz. Okay. They are elderly gentlemen who do drill slash grime. It's sort of borderline. It's erring more towards the drill side of things now. But it they started off as a joke. But they were they were okay. And then every single time they released a song it was better. Okay. Which, you know, makes sense. It's progress. And it's just got to the point now where they're not fucking about. They're not. They're not <laughs> they're two elite. pensioners doing grime and drill. They are two bad boys producing bad boy rhythms. It's actually crazy. Oh, but well. yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll send you some stuff to listen to yeah, from there. Best. And you'll think it's funny, especially some of the videos as well. Well, that's ultimately, I guess, that's all I'm looking for in my grime. Since yeah. I can't. No, be to, be, in... to be fair, the comedy aspect for you seems to be big. Yeah, like, because, which is why because it's I, hard I don't because I'm not invested in the whole yeah. scene. Like when he talks about you know the the, the scene and all the other grime artists, like, I can't. I don't know yeah. anything so about like, that. I can't. I can't really relate to Skepta and what he's saying at all. I'm not rich. I'm not from North London. I don't do grime. I've never shot on the roads. Anything like that. I just 
it's it's almost like a, an escapism for me where it's realism for others sure and i feel like you know from a different context of course i can like it i can never be a part of it yeah. i can think it's great and i can see why it's incredible and learn about and try and understand the context um but that's why i think i connect with jamie so much because he doesn't take it seriously he still spits incredible bars which people who are in grime love and people who are outside of grime also love because it isn't always about you know um committing crimes or selling drugs or Mm -hmm. like that like he has he has a song where the whole time it's sort of framed as like him and Skepta getting in a fight and someone shooting Skepta and you know uh, we can't call the police we can't call an ambulance like what 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 can we do because if we call the police we'll get in trouble whatever and it turns out the whole time had just been metaphors similes and um just really well crafted imagery and lyrics where it turns out they were just creating a surprise birthday for their mum and somebody (laughs) accidentally broke a present It's so sick. I'll send that to you as well. (laughs) Yeah, you better. I swear I heard something smash and there was a loud bang. Uh, And it turns out Skepta just dropped a hammer on the vase whilst he was trying to put up a picture. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so good because it's like the double meaning in that is just, it's just incredible. And and then for Grime MC, obviously, I feel like what attracted to me, it attracted me to it um, was when we were in your car and of course you'd you would play it in order but some songs I just wouldn't pay attention but then to the to the funny ones you know that would make me go oh well, actually that's really funny and clever and that would make me listen to it and then when I did buy the album for myself and the first song in it uh, is of course 96 of my life um, that that is not you know it's not particularly funny it's just it's just, just it's just genuinely genuinely talking about some of his struggles and i think if that had been the first song i heard from him ever i probably wouldn't have gotten into it but knowing that i liked the songs and i was like right i am gonna listen to the whole album listen to that um you know i did i did i do then really like it and that is one of my favorite songs on that album and um you were talking about you know the whether you know being able to relate to it or not you know that is uh i mean definitely something i relate to like one of the first things he says is sending student loan um, back to his mum to help with rent payments which is something I've been doing for four years now so it was like oh my god we are the same person yeah. <laughs> which is not quite but it did um, help me you know get into it um, you know a, a lot more than otherwise I would have so that was that was good on two fronts like he's funny and then also I care about him as a person so, yeah. was, so that made me want to listen to the whole album and I did some of his punchlines are incredible and then straight after it he'll spit like the realest bar ever and you're just like oh my god so like in one (laughs) sentence he's saying I'm going to slap you on screen like a parking ticket (laughs) which is just funny and then in the next boy he's like social media is ruining your brain and you're like oh Oh, god oh I thought we were joking around Jamie what happened (laughs) yeah but, um, yeah, gosh. can't see me like infrared <laughs> waves best, best sequence <laughs> can't see me Cass's dead's face can't see me your yeah, iris, iris is torn is can't see me like Japanese porn it's just <laughs> it's so good 
It's so good. It's so good. And I laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> there are there are some fantastic where I'm just I do I do laugh or, or giggle every, every time. And with the sick ones as well. Even though you're you know it's coming, you hear it. You're just like I've got to wheel it. I've got to wheel it. <laughs> like uh, Nang with Skepta. Yeah, very good. I mean, you pretty much, you, you wheel Jamie's bit. And then you get to Skepta and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm going to have to wheel it again. I'm going to have to wheel and, and it ends up like being a three-minute song turning into like a 12-minute song because the amount of times you have to reload it. It's crazy. But this, Okay, so this is also now not making for a good episode because we've both listened to your favourite album or the album you would be taking. But um, although you are sort of into Childish Gambino... I have heard the album, but I've heard the I, album, I couldn't but actually definitely... t- I couldn't tell you any of the the yeah. songs from it and to be honest if someone said to me Childish Gambino I straight away think of Camp I know and, and that's power. weird because Camp isn't nobody likes Camp it's just you I like Camp <laughs> I think it's I think it's absolutely fine and then I absolutely love that power the song at the end where he has the whole metaphor of him being on the bus anyway <laughs> the whole point I mean he says it best in the song right go definitely if you haven't heard that power from the album camp by childish gambino go and listen to it but basically it's like he gets humiliated by a girl on the bus and feels embarrassed about it and then he's like and you know you might think that the metaphor is going to be and uh you know i got on the the bus a boy and, and i came off a man hardened and more cynical but the truth is i've never left the bus <laughs> And that really hit home because it was like the first time something hugely embarrassing happened to me. I I didn't learn from it or like grow with it and grow past it. I shut down. Sure. I stayed on the bus, which is what he's talking about, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I can only I can only assume, but it's I like have to ask him in a table read. So like when you see someone who's like sort of emotionally shut off or pessimistic you might think oh they're hardened they've you know had experiences which make them more miserable or cynical or pessimistic when really I'm still on the bus I'm still vulnerable I you know it's not that I've had these experiences learnt from it and I'm now putting up a defence it's that I haven't learned from the experience I'm terrified and I'm still embarrassed and you sort of you know, you carry that with you. And when he said that, and I sort of clocked what was going on, I think I didn't go to sleep that night. I was just staring <laughs> at my at my roof, like, I, I am the bus. I, <laughs> I relate to a rapper for the first time <laughs> ever. But that, or, or at least well, that's good. what I took from it. I don't know whether that's what he was trying to say, but that's what I took from it. And it was powerful. And perception is reality. There so. Well, that is good, and I will live, listen to camp again then. Yeah, but I mean, you could just skip to the end, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I really, really no, I like can... his Kanye impression and Bonfire. Yeah, Bonfire is funny. Um, he's not as funny as Jamie, but it is all, all really funny when he mm. wants to be. Um, yeah, oh, well, I remember because the internet. Yeah. It has, like, Roman numerals before some of the songs. Yeah. It really confused and it has, me. And it has, like, a script that a teleplay that goes with it so if you want to call it pretentious absolutely but do you know what I actually rate that that good (laughs) 
And to be fair, uh, 31520, which I have listened to, was almost great okay. because of the concept. I love the yeah. idea of having no album artwork, no title, and no titles for the tracks. Skepta so, did yeah. something similar right, with Blacklisted. Yeah. Kendrick did Untitled Unmastered, but Untitled Unmastered wasn't really like a, an album project. It was just offcuts from Good Kid, Mad City, I think. Okay. Um, where it was just like all the extra shit that I did that I didn't put in the album, I'm going to put in an album. <laughs> Whereas, you know, the project by Skepta, this happened recently where it sort of got re-released. Um but with titles for the tracks instead of it just being the album blacklisted and then track one track two track three and so on mm. i thought that was sick right. i thought that was an incredible concept but of course it's not marketable oh have you heard that new skepta jam track seven yeah it's like um, it's not so I, I and i don't want to say that it's like a money grab because it might not be but if like he's got if he has got a team of people around him that have decided to do that, I'm a little bit disappointed because it's sort of it's taken the concept of the album and dismantled it for the sake of money and Spotify plays. But at the same time, you could say, well, maybe it was a bit convoluted and pretentious to have it as an album with just track one, track two it's a lot easier for people to be able to find in this new age where people don't sit down and listen to albums. People hit shuffle on Spotify. How many times have you been on Spotify and been like, oh, what's this song again? What's it called? What album yeah. is it from? And then you look. But imagine you look and it just says track five, Skepta. <laughs> and you're like, what? So I kind of get why you would do it, but I also don't like that it's happened. And... Like well, then don't, say, don't commit to that premise in the first place, then. Because you know this, it's going to This is the thing, that. because what if it is a team yeah. or he's decided, I do want to try and make it more marketable, m more consumable. Uh, I, I, for me, it takes away from the art. You know, part of the reason why I love Blacklisted so much was because of that concept. I don't think it's the best of Skepta's albums. I... That, you know, there's a couple more pop type, certainly not pop, but pop type songs on it. Um, it's not as grimy as um, Microphone Champion or Greatest Hits or Kanichiwa or um, Ignorant. Is it, wait, is it Ignorance is Bliss? What's his new one called? I yeah, I think it's Ignorance I don't is know. Bliss. I only knew Kanichiwa. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, a lot of people only know Kanichiwa. Uh, yeah, is Ignorance is Bliss is his most recent one. I thought Ignorance was Bliss was fantastic. I liked Kanichiwa. I thought Blacklisted was great because it came after doing it again, which was shit. In my opinion. Um, but yeah, well, those are, those so those are our picks, right? So what's in our inventory? Should we? So, I'm taking with me Grime MC by Jamie Adenugar. Uh, more commonly known as JME. I am taking Kill Bill, Volumes 1 and 2 blue together in that special cut. <laughs> I am taking The Thick of It, Season 4. 
which is a brilliant UK political comedy. I am taking uh, David Copperfield by Dickens as a book, which I've never read. It's a bit of a gamble. Um, hopefully it'll work out. And I decided to take Jamie Adenugo with me to the desert <laughs> island. So imagine it's just me and him. <laughs> listening to his album. Listening to his album. That's incredible. Anyway, what have you washed ashore with? Well, the album of my choice is Because of the Internet by Childish Gambino, featuring some other artists, including Chance the Rapper and uh, someone else, probably. <laughs> some other artists. My uh, film I'm taking is Snatch by Guy Ritchie. The, the book I will take is Ten Years in an Open Next Shirt by John Cooper Clark. The series I will be taking is Twin Peaks Season 1, uh, with preferably with both versions of the pilot, so I can just have something different every once in a while. <laughs> Switch it up a bit. Um, and the person I will be taking is professional wrestler Samoa Joe. Fantastic. I think that's it. That is great. If you would like to message into our social media accounts or tweet us what your five things are. Tell would us be, how wrong we are. <laughs> then do. Um, yeah, we won't tell you what they you, are, though. You've only got 140 characters on Twitter, so just. I think it's Yeah, don't, don't give your reasons and we'll just silently judge you. Yeah. Um, just in the way that you've silently judged us. You yeah, know? yeah. That's, um, uh, that's at Behold Mankind. At Behold Mankind. Yeah, wait, what? Is that the name of this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's something I just dreamt mankind. of. Wow. <laughs> oh, should we Is do an introduction? Is that what they've been listening to? Because we haven't done an intro. <laughs> Hello, guys. You are listening to Behold Mankind. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Peace. Wow. Well, that was exciting. The final, conclu <laughs> the final conclusion to Desert Island Dicks. Uh, <laughs> Behold Mankind. Um, listen at your oh, convenience. We well, just finished now. Yeah, we're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. Just have fun with it, you know. Tweet just us. keep it loosey goosey. <laughs> you can't be all loosey goosey and eating a sandwich. Oh baby. Anyway, no one will get that meme because it's a poker meme, which we won't talk about. Because we've stopped talking about gambling. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> the Spring Championship of Online Poker is starting soon. Anyway, thank you for listening to part two of Desert Island Dicks. <laughs> Desert Island Dicks, hosted by Behold Mankind. Actually, that might be a good thing to just call it Desert Island Dicks, because we're, yeah, we're, two, dicks we're two fucking knobbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh.